This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Spirit Truth Podcast. My name is James, and I am your host. Uh, I've been part of worship teams and songwriting for many years, and the thing I love about this podcast is just being able to introduce you to people that I've met over the years who've had an impact on my life, and for them to share some of their wisdom and their experiences, their ups and their downs, because there are lots of ups and downs, um, and hopefully for you to be encouraged. Uh, whether you're a songwriter, whether you're a musician, or whether you're a worship leader, or whether you lead a worship team, we really want to encourage you. Uh, and so today, with me, I have a very special friend. Her name is Jeannie. Hi. Jeannie, you can say hi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so Jeannie and I, I can't remember when, how, how many years back we met. It was several years ago. Yeah, probably like 2013. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And... So Jeannie was part of our worship team in uh, Stellenbosch, and then she moved to George. Yes. And then she came back to the Cape now, so yes. the Cape has reclaimed her. <laughs> um, and I thought I actually must tell the story of your audition. Do you remember your audition oh, for gosh. the band? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Um, so I remember you came into the office to audition for vocals for the worship team. Yeah. And do you remember the song that you sang? Um, no, no. It was our father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so in walks this girl and Jeannie is, is petite in frame. <laughs> and so, and, <laughs> so she, and you were quite shy. Yeah, I was very shy. Probably a little bit nervous. Very nervous. So, you know how you judge somebody like a book by the cover, you're not supposed to, but you do. So I just kind of thought, okay, I'm just expecting like, this timid little voice to come out of this this girl who's who's, who's looking quite shy and quite nervous. And I remember I was, I was sitting in front of you and then you stood up and you said, okay, you're going to sing Our Father. And then suddenly this massive voice <laughs> came out of this tiny girl. Oh my God. And uh, the thing with Our Father as well, like you started it quite intense and then it just built and built and built. And so by the time you got to like, yours is the kingdom. Like I was, I think I was like kind of subconsciously moving my chair backwards a little bit. Holding on for just, the life. <laughs> because nobody can deny that you've got a powerful voice, Jeannie. Thanks. <laughs> um, and I think actually it was quite funny. The rest of that day, like people who were on the other side of the property. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh God. they came to me, they're like, who was that person with the amazing voice? I'm like, how did you hear that? You were on the other side of the property. Um, but you've got a beautiful voice, Jeannie. Uh, you're really amazing worship leader, amazing songwriter. And so I'm, I'm really excited to be speaking to you about songwriting uh, today. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. I don't know if you want to maybe share with us, how did you get involved with, with worship in the first time, in the first place? Where, where was your first experience with a worship team or something like that? So, yeah, I basically started in high school, but I, I would also say it was like unofficially official. Um, so I've, I've always done music growing up. So it was also one of those things. I've also heard your story about like, oh, someone heard you can play piano. Don't you want to join us? We need someone this Sunday uh, or <laughs> for the youth band. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was playing in youth band in school. And then, yeah, because I grew up in church, basically. So yeah. Yeah, all throughout. Where did you grow up again? 
in Mossel Bay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I used to play and also did like one or two assemblies, like leading nice. worship. Yeah, which was very awkward for me because <laughs> I am quite shy. Um, but, but then where did the big voice come from? Like, yeah, have you so always had it? My poor parents. Yeah, <laughs> that came from the bathroom, the shower, the bedroom. <laughs> So, yeah, I just remember, like, um, I would usually just sing in my room and then all of a sudden I would just hear, like, these door slams. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, because somewhere in the house someone would just, like, slam the door closed because I think it got a little overwhelming at times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just came from that. And then it was only when I joined Shafar Stalinbosch that I really started leading worship mm -hmm. and, like, pursuing it more... Uh, not as a career, but yeah. like really, well, I found that this is like what I want to do with my life, basically. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Speaking about that, I remember when you first started leading in Stellenbosch, I remember, Johan, I guess you guys were just dating then. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, she's, Jeannie's married to Johan. And I remember, <laughs> he he's one of those guys, he absolute worshiper, loves to worship, you know, that's just who he is. But when Jeannie would lead a song, he would stop singing and he would just stand and like stare like no. with these loving eyes. <laughs> Completely distracted. Um, but it's cool. You guys got married and I'm sure he can worship now. Like, yeah. <laughs> while you sing. <laughs> um, so why I'm really excited to speak to you, Jeannie, is because this is actually the first episode that I'm doing where we're going to speak about songwriting. Yeah. And songwriting is something I'm super passionate about. I love equipping songwriters. I love speaking about it. Um, I believe everybody sh can and should be writing songs. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be writing songs for that are going to be sung in your church or you don't have to be writing songs that are going to be played on the radio. It's just such mm -hmm. a beautiful way to express what is God saying to me, uh, putting it down uh, with with melody and with, with lyrics. Yeah. Um, but I... I always tend towards um, kind of corporate worship songs, so stuff that's going to be sung by by a church. Uh, that's just what comes out of me. That's uh, what I feel God's called me for. But I know that there's a lot of people who, who write songs that aren't necessarily suitable for, for singing in church, but they're mm -hmm. more for you know, like ministry opportunities or they're maybe more personal songs, songs that – um, just tell a little bit about their journey with God. Um, and so that's where I know you're really strong. <laughs> and so I'm excited just to just to hear some thoughts from you uh, around that. Um, because as I say, it's not something that comes naturally to mm -hmm. me. So let's 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 hear your side of the story. And, and hopefully for people out there who, who want to write more kind of ministry songs or personal songs, I really trust today is going to be an encouragement for them of, mm -hmm. of how to get started. Um, but the, the first question I want to ask you is, uh, we, we kind of joked around your big voice now, yeah. but, um, but you, you've really got a, a unique gifting and uh, when I say voice, I don't mean necessarily singing voice. There's just, there's a voice God has given you. Uh, and it's been a really a privilege for me to kind of see your growth over the years from that shy girl <laughs> 2013 who auditioned for the band to this place now where I feel you really you're a lot more comfortable in who you are and you, you mm. kind of, you have a better idea of what God's called you for. Um, so kind of what has your journey been like to finding your voice in the mm. scenes, not singing voice, understand like that, that message that God has yeah, called yeah. you to carry. Yeah. 
No, thanks. Um, it's really, yeah, you know, it's also really a privilege for me to speak about this because I feel that, yeah, you know, it's it's awesome to be able to share the journey because I I do feel like there are a lot of people that have these questions. Um, yeah. So basically, for me, I think the one thing is that I needed to give it time. Mm. Um, and I think for, for a lot of other people out there, like, don't be afraid to give it time. Mm. Um, yeah, especially if it's, and like you say, it's, it's unique and it's, it's, it's the voice of, or it's like the sound of heaven. It's not necessarily your singing voice. Like you're mm. saying, it's your message, the message that you carry. Mm. And that necessarily takes time to develop and to settle. Mm. Um, and I think, uh, I, I really can uh, like, I move forward leaps and bounds, if I can put it that way, with with discovering what that really sounds like and getting more comfortable with it when I actually um, let go of the idea that I needed to reach a certain level of um, either recognition or skill or title, or whatever it was. Um, when I let go of that and I just said, I, I mean, never... If if no one ever hears me sing again, then that's fine. Like mm. if it's only ever for me and God, mm. um, then that's fine. And it, it was basically when I started, you know, living out in that kind of mindset that I automatically started being invited more to lead worship or to sing or to bring songs or yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's really the first thing. Um I think another thing that also played a big part in this journey, um, and I love the way you said it just now, like it's not about your singing voice. It's not about how how you sound. Um, and a big big breakthrough for me came in that as well when I, like in church, I would stop singing pretty with a band. Like <laughs> I would literally do not be afraid to do like an ugly scream cry. <laughs> like, and even in my own personal worship, when I'm worshiping with music, like yeah. I just sing off the rails. Like I just sing wherever. Yeah. Um, and I let like just a noise come out of me. Sure. Um, and I found that in that process, like the true praise mm. started coming out. It wasn't, it didn't have to sound like anything. It yeah. literally just needed to sound like, a two-year-old toddler, like noise coming out. Um, but it was pure, like that's the purest, for me, that was where like the purest heart stuff started coming out. And yeah. I could really like deal with my heart and deal with God, um, or God could deal with my heart. Yeah. Um, and it's in letting that noise come out yeah. that the true sound sure. started coming out, like yeah. the true voice. Yeah. So I think we we do so often have these barriers in our minds um, and these things that we restrict ourselves. And it's, it's often a lot of times it's insecurities and mm. uh, kind of we want people's affirmation. We want people's acknowledgement, like you say. Um, it's kind of like 10 pin bowling, you know, the rails that are up. Yeah. Um, and we, we kind of keep it safe. Um, but there's so much freedom and, like you say, just learning to to push beyond those barriers that yeah. we ourselves place on ourselves um and i just really want to agree with you on the whole thing of time i think especially our culture like yeah. we want everything instantly yeah and we'll acknowledge we'll say yeah yeah, yeah i know it takes time but then in our minds exactly. that it must be at least it must be at most like six months hey? yeah. <laughs> um, until it really happens um 
and I think we lose sight of what time is like in, in God's kingdom, mm. which is very different to us. I mean, to think of Jesus waiting 30 years before he started ministry. Exactly. I mean, that's unthinkable. Yeah. Um, and yet, I think many, uh, speaking for myself as well, there's certain promises God has given me. God gave me uh, when I started in ministry like 10 years ago and 10, 11 years ago. And a lot of those promises still haven't come to pass. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it gets discouraging. Yeah. Um, but it's it's about, I guess, learning faithfulness. And, and like you say, getting to the point where you're like, if none of these promises happen in the way I expected them to happen, mm. I'm still going to do what God has given me to do. Like, I'm just, I'm at least going to remember, uh, learn to, to minister to him first. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that was definitely something on my heart. Like just in, in Hebrews 11, where it speaks about like the prophets and all these people that saw these promises from afar, but they never actually reached them. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I always had this thing of like, okay, by 20, I need to have done this. By 22, I need to have done this. And and I was dealing with so much discouragement when I started hitting those ages, but yeah. not having accomplished what I set out to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, until the point where I'm like now, well, I mean, if I'm 50 and it hasn't happened, yeah. great. Like, yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll happen when you're 70. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we need more 70-year-old worship leaders yeah. who like lead us as young people um i'm calling myself young i'm i'm actually getting towards the older side now no. <laughs> i deal with a lot of students and um I'm, the other day I, um, I was preaching and i said something about being married for 10 years and they went oh, wow and like clapped hands i'm like what come on like <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get to the stage where people are clapping hands for how long i've been married yeah sure. um but anyway we, we're speaking about kind of um finding your voice and uniqueness i, I want to hear your thoughts on what I often see is it's so tempting for us to want to, rather than finding what message God's called us to to carry, like mm -hmm. we have specific artists or musicians or worship leaders or people that we we kind of connect with, and it's so easy for us to begin to kind of copy them uh, mm -hmm. or just you know uh, desire what what they have. How do we resist that temptation, and how do we how do we go beyond just becoming uh, you know, replicas of of somebody that we that we honor and we, you know, we we learn from them, but yeah. you know, find our true, yeah, our unique voice. Yeah, no, that's definitely a challenge. Um, but I must say, in principle, I am very for um learning in copying because it's actually like a a, a well known psychological principle that that's how we learn. We learn by modeling. Yeah. Um, and even if you look at the concept of discipleship, like that's how, that's how you become like becoming more like Jesus or becoming mm. more like whoever you are following that is discipleship. So, mm. um, in principle, I encourage, um, copying in practice, mm. but like finding distinguishing between what is your backstage and what is your front stage. Yeah. So copying in practice is great because, um, It'll it'll get you to that place of discovering um, what your true sound is. It, it's like a key that unlocks doors. Yeah. Um, and like in my personal journey, uh, I start I so I started singing on um, 
Paramore. She was like Hayley Williams from Paramore. So this is not a Christian band. <laughs> Just, by the way, this is a secular band. Um, but I think what what also the, the kind of artists that we listen to, it does reflect something that's already in your heart. Mm. It does reflect something that yeah. a sound that God has already put in your heart. There's you, a reason there's a connection. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and so for Paramore, for example, um, I love the way that she belts. <laughs> and I just So she's the one. <laughs> um yeah, she, it was that belt and it was that power in her voice that I was so drawn to and I I was like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um I just need to let this sound come out. And obviously it sounded well, maybe not exactly like her, but that was like what what my initial singing style was like and yeah. how I learned to sing. Um, but it, it was really just a key to unlock where I needed to go. Yeah. So I would That's say cool. like that, don't be afraid to copy, but just know that that is your practice time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even if you do it for a couple of years, like that's fine, but, but just know that that is practice and that's not, that's not your sound. Like mm. this is going to help you to find your sound. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, put that out there also like one example is that there was this I don't want to say her name now but there's this girl that I I walked a road with and now when a lot of people hear her sing they actually say that she sounds like me um and I I love that testimony because it's it it's a testimony of the time that we spent together and the impartation that we've had on each other's lives and now we're at a place where I love what she does. There's mm. stuff that she does that I want to do in my singing style. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and yeah, I think like just that bouncing off each other mm. and it just, yeah, it's a testimony to discipleship. Mm. Um, so I would say like, don't be afraid to do it, but mm. yeah, just know that it's practice. Um, and then I think, yeah, that would be like the first part. And then the second part in, in but then how do you, how do you then stop copying? Mm. So now like you've copied for a while, how do you then stop copying? And there I would go back to the don't be afraid to make a noise mm. part. Like don't be afraid to let sounds come out of you that sound disgusting <laughs> and that just <laughs> sound awkward because it's yeah. like anything in life that's unfamiliar, mm. it's going to feel awkward at first. Mm. Um, and when you're discovering your own voice, your own sound, like, it's unfamiliar because it's an unfamiliar sound. Mm. No one has ever heard it. Yeah. You haven't heard it. So it's going to sound weird. And I think that's where the temptation comes into copy because it's familiar. It yeah. sounds familiar. And that's why you think it sounds good. But don't be afraid then to like, yeah, sing, you know, like just whatever, make it sound like whatever. But yeah. um, in that yeah, then like it's raw, then it's gonna be real. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. It's really good. <laughs> Thanks, Jeannie. Okay. Um. I, I wanna I wanna get into into a bit more like around songwriting now specifically, um, because one aspect is is finding your own sound um as a person, but then taking that more into songwriting. Mm. So I mentioned you, you're really great with your like songs that minister to people and and kind of more personal songs. Um, and so I'm asking these questions as somebody who isn't strong in this area. So I, I want to know kind of what, what your take on it is. And I think the first thing I would ask is, how do you know when a song is just for you and God mm. and when a song is actually for others as well, too, mm. for when, when others should be hearing this? 
Okay, so for me, it just comes down to this verse in Galatians 5.25. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Mm. Um, and so for me, the simple answer to the how do you know question <laughs> is that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know. So I have like three examples, basically, for this question. Um, when I know, when I'm preparing for a Sunday set, okay, for example, um, I always prepare for free worship. So I always free worship in my own time mm. and I let like whatever come out. And then I feel like that's what the Lord wants to do on Sunday as well. And I'll be mm. prepared for free worship. So it's not 100% spontaneous, actually. Like yeah. it is a little bit prepared. Yeah. Um, but so, for example, I would prepare a song and then I would get there on a Sunday or and then in that moment when it's free worship, like I would hear the Lord say, no, mm. like don't bring that song, even if you've prepared it. Yeah. Um, and then that's how I know, okay, no, not doing it. Mm. Um, other times I would be in my own personal free worship time um, and I would write songs and the song would come out and I would feel like it's just for me. And I would also feel like it's not something that I would ever share with anyone mm. or I wouldn't feel like anyone can relate with it. Mm. And then I would not have it in my set or in my mind at all for a Sunday worship. Mm. Um, but then when I get there, the Lord's like, okay, now you can bring the song. Sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then usually it's, it's like, it's, it's like spot on, like with the message and just with what the Lord is doing in that right. service. Um, and then the last example is that usually when I'm writing, um, I would just feel the Lord say that it's for a specific person. And then I would just share that on WhatsApp or whatever with a specific person. Yeah. So it's really moment by moment. It's yeah. not that I know. With, yeah. And I, I think that's learning that sensitivity to the spirit mm. to, to bring something or not. I think is is key to what like like you're saying. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that, basically, like you're saying, not every song that we write is meant to be heard by others. Yeah. Um, but bottom line is, we should be writing. And yeah. We should be taking what God is giving us and being prepared uh, for those moments that He wants to release that song. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. Like most of the songs that I write and when it comes to personal ministry songs and is, is really out of a place of free worship in my mm. own time with the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's, I rarely ever sit down to write and I, I know like that probably be more your perspective or I know that there's a place for that. Mm. Um, definitely. Mm. And I, I still need to grow into that place. But most of the songs that I write actually come out of, just worshiping mm. the Lord in my own space. Yeah. Um, and I have, yeah, I've had to grow in confidence to kind of feel that the Lord wants to share that time that I have with him with other people as well. Mm. Um, it, it's actually never my intention to share it with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's cool. Um, kind of tying in with that, I'm assuming that, Often what you're or what's coming out in your free worship at home is kind of stuff that you're wrestling through with God. Um, and I guess my question would be along the lines of 
what how would you advise people about when to write a song or, or rather when to share a song with others in terms of if it's something that you're wrestling through with mm. God? Like do you do you wait until you had the full revelation? Mm. Do you wait until you've seen the breakthrough before you share something? Or do you do you share do you share the wrestling with people? What's what's your kind of take on that? Okay, so um, yeah, I think up until this year, I wrote a lot through the wrestle. Mm. Like that was my primary kind of way of wrestling mm. was through worship and through songwriting. But this year, I kind of saw a really interesting thing happen with the Lord, where I was kind of convicted not to write in that space um, where I would rather first wrestle it out in prayer with Mm. the Lord. And after that situation has now resolved itself or the breakthrough came, then I would write. Mm. And I found a really interesting thing that it kind of builds on itself. It's kind of like once I've written from breakthrough, I have a much bigger expectation for the next breakthrough. Because I felt like, um, especially as a songwriter and as a creative, when you're when you're when you find yourself in that space and you're doing what you do, that's kind of like where you flourish. So, mm. if you're well, for me now, for example, if I found myself writing a lot of times in that place of struggle, mm. I, I almost kind of searched out that space. Mm. I almost got stuck in that space because then I feel like, oh, now I'm doing what I do. Mm. But when I started writing from breakthrough not writing throughout the struggle, even though, you know, obviously parts of the struggle can be like in the song mm. that you write, but it's that wasn't the primary place of creating. The primary mm. place of creating was in the breakthrough space. Mm. And then I found myself like almost longing for that space and kind of getting to the next breakthrough, if I can put it that way, like mm. quicker because I was I had this expectation of like, oh, I can't wait till I get to that space because then... Then we're going to write. And that's what I love doing. So, yeah, I think that's, that would definitely be my encouragement is like, um, just kind of examine what is the space that you're drawn to, um, to, to write. Obviously when you, when you, I felt like when I was writing from breakthrough, I was really solidifying the breakthrough. Like I was really building that memorial. Whereas when you're writing through the struggle, it's it's almost as if you are I don't want to say exalting the struggle, but it's sure. it's almost yeah. as if you are that's where you're building your memory. Yeah. And I, I think even psychologically that's why you tend to go back to that place because that's where you're building your memories. Mm. Um but when you write from breakthrough, you're really building that memorial mm. and you're sticking that pen in the ground. Mm. Um and it, that's the place that you tend to then go back to. Mm. So it's really it's powerful because um, I'm sitting here thinking, I think a lot of secular songwriters, they they love to write in the struggle yeah. because it's it's something, I mean, suffering or hard times or challenges or what, it's universal. So yeah. it's a great theme to connect somebody to, you know, like classic stuff that's on the radio. It's often in a breakup yeah. or in the middle of, yeah. Normally breakups, <laughs> if you listen to pop music. Um, and like you say, it kind of exalts the struggle mm. because that's common ground between all of us. 
And if you contrast that with, for instance, the Psalms, I'm thinking now, so many of the Psalms are written in the struggle, you know, mm -hmm. whether it was David running for his life or whether it was one of the other Psalmists who are writing while Israel is in exile. They're, they're still writing before they've seen the fullness of a breakthrough, but mm. they, in a sense, the breakthrough is already there because you yeah. don't have a doubt where their confidence lies. Yes, exactly. Uh, and if you read the psalm, they'll be honest about what they're experiencing. They'll mm -hmm. be honest with how they're feeling, but you never doubt that they know that God is faithful yeah. and that God is going to um, carry them through this. So I guess it's not necessarily, not, not necessarily seeing the full like you picture yeah. um, waiting for that moment to write a song, but wrestling with ourselves to the point where, okay, I can say, God, you are good Yeah. in the midst of, of what I'm going through. Yeah. And and writing from that, like you said, rather than exalting yeah. the struggle that we're going through. Yeah. I think um definitely also considering, especially like in the shofar movement, um, specifically, we are called to be a prophetic voice. Mm. Um, and I think that's where it becomes very specific to you know, this congregation. And if you're a songwriter in this congregation, like mm. um, this is what we are called to do. And mm. the prophetic voice always proclaims heaven's reality. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to do a little ad break here, but um, Debbie did a really good sermon on this last Sunday. So if you want to go and download Debbie's sermon, from Shavar, from, Cape Town yeah, City. Yeah. Um, and he just... What date would that have been? The 18th of August. Yeah, yeah. So he was just preaching about um, how we as, uh, um, as a prophetic people and prophetic living is when you have, you always have the future vision in mind, the yeah. future of what, what is heaven going to look like, yeah. you know, um, and what is it looking like now, um, but not living in the, in the present and not living in the past. And I mm. think... That happens a lot when you're writing through the struggle or always writing through the you know, the struggle um, is that you're kind of living in the past or mm. really living in the present, but mm. you're not looking to the future heaven reality yeah. um, and calling that out. That's great. Um, I want to take a step back a little bit to something you, you were speaking about earlier, which was that a lot of your songs come from free worship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people call it different things, free worship, spontaneous worship, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I think we all understand what we're saying is like those moments where you, you're not singing somebody else's song, but you begin to sing your own song to God. Mm. Um, so just chat us through that. Like uh, what does that look like, uh, whether it's at home or whether it's on stage, like in worship? Um, how do you start it? <laughs> I think sometimes a, a more important question is how do you end it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> because um, sometimes... Uh, yeah, it, it, you you can you kind of as the congregate as a member of the congregation, you kind of sense this this could have ended a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> the worship leader is still, but no, they're still in it. Yeah. Um, and also how to time it. You know, mm -hmm. you've maybe you've got something on your heart. When do you go for it? Um, how do you, how do you find words? How do you find melodies? Maybe you can just guide us through what is your approach to to free worship or spontaneous mm -hmm. worship that will potentially end up in new songs. Mm. Um, okay, so I think definitely coming to the word spontaneous worship, I think that freaks a lot of people out mm -hmm. and it sets a lot of people back from actually doing it, mm -hmm. even in your own personal time, um, because again, it, it might feel awkward and unknown. Um, but my key to that is that even spontaneous worship is actually rehearsed. 
Mm. And yeah, that's like just my personal, that's how I do it. So yeah. first of all, also it, it does start in your personal time. Yes. Um, and I think that plays a very important role in terms of the whole logistics behind it. How do you time it? How do you start it? How do you end it? If you haven't done it in your personal time, the stage is not necessarily the place to start. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because then it is, it might get really awkward um, <laughs> for yourself and for other people as well. Um, and it, even, even though it is spontaneous and it is real and it is raw, yeah. when you're bringing anything to the congregation and to the people, like um, there needs to be an amount of, Oh, I've been here before. Yes. I've done this before. Yeah. Um, because you can't lead or facilitate other people to a place that you haven't been before. Yeah. So I would say that is ultimately the starting point for if you if you if you have done free worship before or if you haven't done it in a congregational setting, like just do it in your own personal time. Mm. Um and yeah, definitely a ground rule for me is that obviously it needs to be word based. So if you don't know where to start, just start reading the Bible. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and and just even if you just read, sing, like sit with your Bible, read, and just start singing it yeah. out what you're reading. Like, Absolutely. It's really practical. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it sounds really stupid. Like when you're doing it, it may feel really awkward, but that's where it starts. Yeah. Um, especially if you're planning to take it to a corporate setting, because yeah. another ground rule for me, and this is like can't stress this enough mm-hmm. is that in in worship um obviously people are in the presence of god and people's hearts are vulnerable yeah. and as a worship facilitator like you have access mm-hmm. to people's hearts don't trespass sure. don't trespass people's moments with god mm-hmm. people's hearts mm-hmm. um, and be really careful about what you're putting out there on the ground yeah. so in terms of in terms of the words that you're singing, in terms of how long you're carrying on, in mm. terms of are you now exalting your own song, mm. your own sound, mm. your own personal time, mm. or yeah, just like what what are you bringing to people's hearts? Because you must know that in those moments, especially, mm. people's hearts are really uh, vulnerable. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just a scripture that goes with that is Psalm twenty four verse seven, where it says. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Yeah. Um, and just know, like, in free worship time, usually the, there are these ancient doors in people's hearts that are opening up. Mm. Um, so that would just be like a ground rule for me, that it, it is a sacred time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Take take that and do do with that as you as you want in terms of how to start, how to end, um, and what to say in it. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, a practical thing for me, like I said, is that it starts in your own personal time, mm. um, and it starts with just singing out the word, mm. um, and that will that will unlock into something more spontaneous. Mm. So. So any kind of free worship that I ever facilitate in a corporate setting is 99% of the time actually a little bit rehearsed. Mm. It's actually something that the Lord has already given to me, mm. a song or a melody, a sound has already been given. Um, and then it usually just unlocks that moment into mm. the next sound and the, and the, the new sound that hasn't been um, created before. Yeah. So. I, I really like that you, that you say that. Um, 
because I think sometimes we, especially like in the charismatic movement, we, we tend to think anything pre-planned is inauthentic, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the case. Yeah. It's like, um, it's kind of feeling like if we, if we plan, we're limiting the spirit, but God, like five days before Sunday, mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he's going to exactly. do. You don't have to wait until Sunday to find mm-hmm. out what he wants to do. And I think... Many times we're actually maybe just a little bit lazy to yeah. to spend time with him, finding out what he wants to do mm. before the time. Um, and obviously this has implications as well on just on a musical level with mm. your, your team that you as a team are, are uh, learn to become comfortable with uh, spontaneous moments. You mm. know, what does it look like? What kind of chord progressions are we, mm. we going on? Um, and don't be afraid to discuss that before the time. Yeah, like exactly. To to say, okay, we, I sense there's going to be a moment in this part of the song, so just be prepared to hang on these chords. Mm. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I feel like even that's why it's a really practical tip for me, even if you're not a worship leader, uh, even if you're just in the band or maybe you've never facilitated free worship, that's why it's such a practical tip to be okay with the fact that it is rehearsed. Mm. Be okay with the fact that it was something that the Lord gave you during the week because mm. then you can discuss it with your worship leader. Yeah. You can bring it, even if it's just to practice, yeah. even if you just bring it to practice. But yeah. you can say that I, I feel that this is something that the Lord wants to do. Yeah. Um, and also just know then that it's it's only a key. Like yeah. it's yeah, Even if it's just like one sentence, one word, yeah. one riff, but... It's just a key to unlocking the rest of the spontaneous yeah. part. And then that will come. That will come like as the Lord leads it. Yeah. I sometimes find actually we, we will, we always try to make time for spontaneous like in practice itself. Yeah. So don't just like rehearse the songs as, as the audio is like actually make space to, mm-hmm. okay guys, let's just take a moment to wait on the Lord here and see where it goes. And, and I found often in those moments, we'll go into spontaneous worship um, and it kind of feels, and you kind of have an expectation that exactly that is going to happen in worship, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get to that point in worship and you're really excited because something really amazing happened in practice yeah. and then it just doesn't happen in worship. <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, um, but with that, I tend to feel like, okay, God did what he wanted to do in preparing the ground yeah. in our practice. Yeah. So I've often found that we've had these incredible moments of spontaneous worship in practice. Mm. And then just because they don't happen in actual worship, God obviously accomplished what he wanted to do in that moment. Yeah. He already prepared and consecrated that space through what we did as a team. Exactly. Um, so it didn't necessarily need to repeat itself yeah. in the worship. Yeah, no, definitely. And also a lot of the times, um, and I think we've heard sermons on this before, but the congregation isn't necessarily going to be in terms of psyched up level Mm. where the band is. And you've just come out of two hours of practice and Mm. you've just prepared the whole week Mm. doing, you know, your own personal worship time. And maybe the congregation is not there yet. And then to force that. um, And that's why what I've, what I'm really convicted about, like what the Lord has taught me in terms of don't trespass, like, on people's hearts, on yeah. on where people are at, like because the Lord doesn't do that. The Lord doesn't force Himself, mm. like you know, on your, on you. Mm. Um, He doesn't trespass you, mm. and yeah, as as worship facilitators, especially in free worship, that is mm. a big no no. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on instrumental 
like moments like oh. times where there where there's no <laughs> singing like love it <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah i think um for me it's just that i feel that melody um melody can enter places into the heart that words can't and that's also what I love about like singing in tongues and why tongues are so powerful because it enters a place in the spirit and in the heart that understandable words actually don't. Mm. Um, it goes past the mind and the understanding mm. to unlock things. Mm. Um, and oftentimes we feel that we need to fill the silence mm. with words and you feel that you need to justify the message that you have on your heart, you know. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like, and, and I love what I love about melody as well is because the Lord is in control. Like the Lord mm. controls where that goes, like in the heart, in the mind, in the spirit. Mm. Um, whereas with words, I oftentimes feel like we try to control like what's being said, what message is being delivered. Yeah. But the Lord knows what he wants to do in yeah. people's hearts. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, very, very often I would also just, just, to instruments and just like minister on the piano or yeah. whatever, or even vocally. Like I, I love, <laughs> yeah, maybe some people are not so into that, but that's like one of my personal little tricks is I just love doing oohs and ahs yeah. and doing the little falsettos and stuff like that yeah. um, and not filling the space with words. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in terms of feedback and just it, what I've experienced in worship is that sometimes that does take you to a place where, you would have never been able to gone with a song full of words. Yeah. Mm. I mean, one of the classic examples in scripture is obviously when um, King Saul was tormented by demon, by yeah. demon, and then David would have to come in and just play for him. Like he yeah. wouldn't sing for him. He would play and yeah. the, the demon would leave. Mm. Um, I think that's, it's just so, so powerful that we, we underestimate melody. Definitely. We underestimate, and it's not music. It's it's not the music that mm. is setting people free. It's the breath of God on the music, yes. um, and I think like you, yeah, I just completely agree. We we must be careful of trying to fill every space with with words, mm. uh, but really trust God to to move just through music. Uh, maybe on that point, out of interest, like what when you when you're writing songs, what starts first for you, melody or this is one of those classic. <laughs> classic. Ask every songwriter, like lyrics or melody, which one comes first. Oh. Yeah, it's tough. It's usually both. Yeah. It's usually in these little downloaded clips in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will get like these snippets. Um, that's usually words and melody, just like a one-liner. Yeah. And then from there, it'll it'll build. Yeah. Um, but again, that's just me. Like I'm really. Uh, I need to grow. Like I said, still in being intentional about sitting down and okay, we're gonna write now. Yeah. Um, and then starting exploring with melodies or words for me it's usually like i hear it in my mind yeah. and then i'm like okay pick up guitar play what i just heard <laughs> <laughs> and then build it from there so yeah it's going to be different for everyone <laughs> yeah that, that that's what amazes me about like professional songwriters is that they'll like like you say they'll go in with nothing mm -hmm. uh they won't have that like little downloaded clip exactly just start from nothing and then build something from there and i think it is a some, it's discipline. Yeah. Uh, and if you are a songwriter, discipline and crafting is a huge part of it. And definitely as we speak more about songwriting in in like 
more podcasts to come. I will get into the crafting. Yeah. Um, because like that, that inspirational moment, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's not where the song ends necessarily. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I must say like, that is what I need to still grow in a lot more. Um, but also obviously why I love pre-worship because it allows for that space. Like yeah. it's being spontaneous. It doesn't have to be completely crafted. It's kind of just in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I must say, like, on that point, um, in terms of melody, like, always, always, always skill up. Like, always skill up on the chord progressions that you know, yeah. on the little riffs that you can do, yeah. exploring with different riffs. Like, yeah, yeah that is obviously going to take songwriting to the next level yes. um, for you. I've, I found the best way to do that is just to make sure you listen to a wide yeah, range yeah. of music. Uh, I think especially worship leaders and worship teams, we love to listen to like our favorite two worship bands yeah. <laughs> and then we end up sounding exactly like that. Exactly. Like we said earlier, that's fine. That's a good place to start. Yeah. But like widen your view. Exactly. Um, listen to something you wouldn't normally listen to. Um, I find that it inspires me so much when it comes to coming up with new melodies yeah. and getting out of that rut of all my stuff sounds the same. Yeah. How do you get out of that? You just start listening to music you don't normally yeah. identify with. Yeah. A good a good random example is rap music, actually. Wow. I found like <laughs> <laughs> listening to rap music or just music where the words are like really well put together. Crafted, and, like, yeah. yeah. And like really fast. Yes. Learning to sing like words fast after each other. Yeah. Um, actually expanded um, my range, especially now in terms of free worship again, yeah. um, in how to bring, yeah, like words together spontaneously in a melody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like a <laughs> practical. <laughs> what I, is that worship rap artist? I don't know. Lecrae. Yeah, Lecrae maybe. There. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I've never really got into rap. Like, well, it's I, I always say, yeah, I listen to a wide variety of music, but that is the one that and like. Heavy, heavy metal. Yeah, no. I cannot. I yeah. Just, I, I cannot. If you want to make me anxious, just play like scream metal like, in the background. <laughs> Didn't you used to be into metal? No. I don't know why I thought. Maybe I Paramore, like but that. she's not heavy metal. Like, <laughs> anyway, um, the one thing we haven't chatted about, and maybe we'll end with this, is, is just mm -hmm. co-writing. Um, how does that, uh, that's a huge part of the way I write songs, mm -hmm. which are kind of corporate songs, but uh, how does that work in mm -hmm. the kind of personal ministry song space? Because... You know, this is something that God is busy dealing with you with. Mm. How do you invite somebody else into that <laughs> space? And and a huge part of co-writing is making yourself vulnerable to somebody yeah. else. Like, how do you deal with that vulnerability when it's something that's so close to your heart and so mm. personal? Yeah, so I must say, like, I, I actually don't have that much experience with it. Like, I, I think only in the last year, two years, have I really gotten into co-writing. Um. But I think a huge thing for me is trust. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's normal and that's natural, especially if you're writing more personal songs. Yeah. Um, and again, trust takes time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like for me, I, I needed to just give it time yeah. and just and now actually like the 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 community that I'm finding myself writing with the most and co-writing with the most is actually not people that I thought yeah. were going to be those people. They, yeah. They're not, they're not even, I wouldn't say that they're like my best friends or the people that I thought were my best friends. Yeah. Or um, I had a very set idea, especially at varsity about the kind of people that I wanted to write with. Um, and I feel like the group that I'm writing with now is 
not necessarily those kind of people. Yeah. So um, giving time for relationships to, or for the, yeah, for the Lord to put together those mm. relationships that might not look like the ones that you thought they were going to be. Mm. Um, and, and I think especially. Sorry, and and okay. that's powerful because they're bringing some, uh, like a side of God that you would never have exactly. really seen. Like they've got a revelation of God that's, you don't necessarily have, especially when they're so different. Like, yeah. So that's really powerful, actually. Yeah, definitely. And and also, like, it's actually, even even in the personal space and personal writing space, like, it's, it's not going to be your best friend that's writing with you always. And I think the temptation is also there if it's, like, a very personal thing to to want to share that with your best friend and yeah. be like, they're the only person that can now <laughs> give input because they know your heart. Yeah. Um. But you are just allowing time for other relationships to build. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Jeannie, it's been so good to chat. Um, I know there's, I mean, there's so much that we can cover when it comes to songwriting. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of kind of practical things um, going forward in terms of crafting lyrics and crafting melodies that we, we didn't necessarily get to today. But I, I wanted today to be more like an introduction. And mm. um, I think the the most important kind of bottom line is our personal songs come from that space of ministering to God. And, you know, that being our primary goal of just ministering to him first and allowing our, allowing him to speak to us in that space where we, we just, we just want to bring him worship Mm. uh, and we just want to bring him our songs. And if he chooses to use that to bless others, that's, that's great. Yeah, uh, and that's a bonus, but it it starts with just ministering to the Lord. Yeah, um, and kind of that knowing what that feels like, and then taking that to to our Sundays, um, or e- even beyond Sundays. Maybe there's people listening who aren't part of a worship team. Yeah, um, but I feel I, f- I feel like there's so many spaces within church where people can minister songs who aren't even necessarily part of a worship team. You know, yeah, definitely. Maybe it's like. Uh, in the moment, being willing to go to the front and share like a song mm. um, when you know God is saying share a song now or to share something during an offering or to share something in response to a sermon. Uh, I really believe in the, the whole idea of the, you know, the priesthood of believers. All of us have yes. got something to contribute. All of us have got something to give. Mm. You don't need to be a worship leader to share a song with the, with the congregation. Yeah. Um, if God has, has given you a message, Share it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that 100%. Cool. Yeah. Jeannie, thank you for your time. Thank you. And hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll definitely do, definitely do more songwriting podcasts in future. But for now, go spend time with God. Yeah. Go spend time just being don't be afraid of the ugly cry yeah. <laughs> of the ugly sound ugly sound get crazy <laughs> get crazy uh, allow god to release that sound that he's placed on your life mm-hmm. and yeah may god bless you in your songwriting cheers Bye. thank you for joining the spirit truth podcast check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources you can also subscribe to the podcast rate and review it on itunes and share it with your friends on social media